It is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. So happy to be reunited with my good friend, the one and only good-looking Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan along for the ride as well. Let me see that John Boy Media sweatshirt. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, sure. I just got it in. Uh, a lot of new stuff at the uh, merch store. This one's like an old school kind of like 90s yeah. baseball thing. And it's totally. Mets colors because I'm a Mets fan now. I guess so. I've got I've got one of the JM sweatshirts, too. This is a great one. This is for when it's 39 degrees in Los Angeles. You throw it on with the hoodie. Really works. Can't they get what is that? Shop dot johnboymedia.com. Hey, still time to uh, shop for the holidays, so let's get it going. You know, we're, we're less than two weeks away, so if you're looking for something and you got family members or friends that are huge John Boy Media fans, I guarantee you they'll love it for the holiday season. Speaking of shopping, there were three teams that did a little shopping on Monday, and I love off-season trades. This one, a three-teamer, nine-player swap, Braves, Brewers, and A's. Atlanta lands the most coveted catcher on the trade market in Sean Murphy. He's the only piece they get. William Contreras, who started the uh, All-Star game at DH for the National League a year ago, is the biggest piece heading to Milwaukee. He'll be their everyday catcher. Uh, Kyle Muller, uh, Freddie Tarnock are the two big names going from Atlanta to Oakland as they pick up five prospects in the deal. Now, obviously, the Braves are the biggest move out of this group because they're the one that's really fighting for a playoff spot guaranteed. Is it a little bit of a head-scratcher because they already have Travis Darno? I don't see it that way at all. I think that anytime you can upgrade on your roster, you want to try to do it. And this team doesn't have a lot of holes to fill. I mean, we know they're trying to still talk to Dansby, but you know, when you, when Sean Murphy or a catcher like Sean Murphy, who is defensively very, very good gold Glover in 2021, and he can hit like that, those guys aren't around all the time. So they saw a chance to upgrade and they went out and did it. And this is what good franchises do. Did they send some prospects out? Sure they did. But, you know, like if you kind of like dive into the stats on some of these guys, like, you know, maybe they saw some issues. But like I said, it's about the major leagues and the major league roster. And they went out and upgraded. I like this move for Atlanta. I like it for Milwaukee. And guess what? See, Rose, we have to shout out our boy talking Jake because he was the first one on the teams. He was the sure first was. one on Contreras going to the Brewers. So, like, Shout out talking Jake. I love that, that happened for him, but I love this trade for the Brewers. I love this trade for Atlanta and like the A's, whatever. I don't even think about the A's because this is just like another typical A's move. And, you know, we're not happy with the way they run things over there. No, but you know, they, they, um, they like it when they get uh quantity instead of top notch quality. Right. I mean, and so they're doing that with five guys. To me, the most interesting piece of the trade for Oakland is this guy Ruiz, who Milwaukee obtained in the hater trade. He, what do he steal? 85 bases? I, I know we're trying to increase, uh, you know, speed on the bases with the new rules, the bigger bases, all sorts of stuff. So maybe this will help a little bit. I don't expect him to steal 85 bags out there in Oakland, but uh, it's an interesting piece for them. As far as Sean Murphy, um, so Darno, can be a free agent at the end of the year. He's got an $8 million. He's going to get paid $8 million this year and then an $8 million team option the next year. It's going to be 34 years old, I believe, this season. They're not going to split the catching 81 games in 81 games. You don't bring in Sean Murphy to do that. I actually think Darno's going to end up getting traded. I think he's going to be on the move. 
because $8 million for a guy who has seemingly figured it out, and he really had his best offensive season a year ago in the, you know, as opposed, you could say 2020 was his best season, but we're talking about a 60-game year. But so really last year was his best offensive season. Solid dude, um, throwing numbers, haven't been great in his career, but they were pretty much even with Sean Murphy a year ago. So I think he's going to end up being on the move. Whether or not they are just doing it to shed payroll or get a piece that can really help them in what they hope will be a World Series run, I don't know. But I don't mind it. I don't know if they'd even need to trade Darno. I mean, he would be attractive. I mean, if he was a free agent now, surely he'd get over two years, $16 million. And it is a club option. It's not a mutual option at all. So that's that's a fixed uh, cost right there. And teams obviously love that. So again, like this is the Braves being a smart organization, understanding like where they're at. And you they're seeing, you know, shoot, what, what have the other teams in the division done? They went out and, and improved their roster. So the Braves are trying to keep par with that. And I think they did. They did a really good job with this. Would it surprise you at all if, remember last year when they traded for Matt Olson, they announced the trade and then like less than 24 hours later, he's got a brand new eight-year deal. Would you be surprised if Murphy doesn't get similar treatment? Now, remember, He's still three years, I think, yeah. away from being a free agent. That that's the biggest difference there. They don't have to do anything. They have these three years of control. If he wants, if they might dangle something out there and hope that he bites. I mean, that's what they've done with other people in their organization, like sign them young, and they've they've reaped the benefits of that for sure. So I mean, if they want to talk, they can, but there's no rush and they hold all the leverage. Yep. All right. Uh, Chris Bassett is reportedly on the move. Um, he is going to be headed to Toronto. It sounds like three years, 63 mil joins a pretty impressive staff up there. Do the Jays have the deepest rotation as it stands right now in the American league East? I think the deepest, I, I would say that, um, you know, you have Gossman, Manoa, and now Bassett one, two, three, you have, uh, Barrios who, you know, look, he struggled mightily last year. Um, didn't strike out many people at all. His career low, I believe, in strikeouts per nine. So he's got to figure some stuff out. You still have Kikuchi. I think Ryu's still there. Like, they have depth, no doubt. And I like their one, two, three. Um, so they're up there. I think I'm trying to think who the Yankees one, two, three is right now. It's Cole. It's Cole, Nestor. It's Nestor and Seve. Seve. And, you know, they're in the hunt for Rodon. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I would say they do have the best uh, rotation in the AL East. I love the move with Bassett because you want consistency. And that's, like, what this guy is. I think it's a pretty cheap deal for them. Three years when you get a starting pitcher and you only have to give him three years at what, 21 a year. I think this is a great deal for them. I, I projected him to go a little bit higher if we're, if we're being honest, uh, but mm -hmm. good clubhouse guy. I mean, the blue Jays are another team that I really like going into next year. And they kind of have like depth all around the diamond. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, maybe traded some people to kind of like fortify the bullpen. Maybe they add another rotation piece uh, via the trade market, but the Bassett signing another great one for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the signing a lot. Uh, Barrios is the key as to whether or not they have the best rotation in this division. It's simple. He just was not good last year. He wasn't good. And he's got a nine figure contract. Now he's got to be more consistent. I mean, you know him. I, I really don't. Everything I hear about the kid is that he's great. You want him to be better. You want him to be more consistent. And that's the only way that they're they're going to improve and have a chance at an American League East title. Now, obviously, the dynamic of this narrative changes immensely if Rodon throws on pinstripes. And that's it. 
I could actually make an argument for Tampa Bay, to be honest with you. Sure. I think that with McClanahan and a full year now of glass and Rasmussen and Eflin, who I think will probably get unlocked some way. He was always good in Philly, but I think that Tampa Bay gets a hold of some guys and takes them to a new level. So it wouldn't surprise me if like that top four ends up being the best. Yeah, no, there, there's some good pitching there. And I am a, a, a Barrios truther. And I, it, last year kind of hurt that narrative there. But I will say this. There's nobody in the game that will work harder than Jose Barrios. That is in his blood. Um, you know, you give him this contract. You don't have to worry about him resting on his laurels. I know kind of like almost looks like that because of he, he had the bad year, you know, uh, right after the deal, but this guy's working, he's tinkering, he's in the lab doing what he needs to do. I know that it, and, and it would not surprise me if he had a, a big bounce back year. Yeah. I know a lot of nice people that can't throw 96. So I don't need <laughs> another guy that's great and is a hard worker. I need him to produce. If I'm, a, if I'm a Blue Jays fan, like I love it that he's all those, I love those qualities. Let's go Put it on the field. I, I agree. I agree. You know, let's, let's go get it going, please. That's simple. Uh, today's edition of baseball today is presented to you by our friends over at true classic. The holidays are mm -hmm. here. We told you that already. Go get yourself a true classic tea and also do some shopping for the people you love. It is the best way to get a great looking shirt with an array of colors into your uh, special someone's wardrobe. Go to trueclassic.com, use the code word today. And so it's actually going to be trueclassic.com slash today. You're going to get 25% off your True Classic with that exclusive link. In fact, True Classic has already helped more than 2 million men look great in their tees. And now you can save as well. They've got more than tees. They got polos. Uh, they got draws as well. They got all sorts of fitting different tees for big fellas out there. So if you need those long and tall options, they've got that. And they also go all the way up to triple XL. The thing I love about True Classic is that no matter where you are weight-wise these days, as you head into the holidays, they make you look great. I throw one of those on and people always come up to me. They're like, have you lost weight, Chris? I'm like, no, actually, it's the other direction. I'm just wearing my True Classic tee. So go get it. You've got all the colors of the rainbow. I've told you this before. I open up my closet. You know, I've got my black one over here. I got my light blue one over here. I've got my ocean blue there. I got my gray there. So I'm, you know, one of those people that lines up all my t-shirts based on color coding and stuff like that. And so, boom, I just pick it off and I wear it. It is that simple. Go out and get it today. 25% off at trueclassic.com slash today and free shipping for any order over a hundred bucks. We continue on. You know who might be spending some money there? Stevie Cohen. He, yeah. If he uses he that code the today, company, I don't know. It's, he might, he might, he, he yeah. could save some money because we know that he doesn't care about saving money when it comes to the New York Mets. Since we last met last Thursday, he has added Kodai Senga for 75 mil from Japan. Dave Robertson, one for 10. Re-up Nimmo for eight and 162. Are you more interested in the personnel that the Mets brought in or the fact that Stevie Cohen is just blowing past the Stevie Cohen tax and don't give a damn? I know you don't like this shit, Chris, but it's both, man. Okay, and it can be both in this instance. I am... I'm happy with the people they've went out and 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 brought in. I mean, they didn't 
a lot of people are going to say Stevie Cohen's out there just spending money to spend money. But I think they've really went out and picked quality people to bring into the organization. Now, I know you lost Walker, you lost Bassett, and obviously you lost DeGrom. But you bring in JV, who was incredible last year. You bring in Sanga, who throws 100. Okay. And then you bring in Nimmo, bring him back, keep him in your colors for his whole career. But also this David Robertson move. I love moves like this. It's cheap. I think he can be really effective. He had a great year last year. So they're bringing in quality people. This isn't just spending to spend. I think they're going to get, they're going to get value out of these guys. And, you know, you look at what the Rangers had to give Jacob DeGrom and what they've spent now on bringing all these reinforcements in. It's about the same. I think they've done a really good job. Now, I love that they created a tax in this latest CBA, basically called the Stevie Cohen tax. And of course he goes past it. Of course he does. He doesn't care, Chris. I know you have these numbers, but I'm going to say them anyway. They're $104 million in taxes right now. That's what they're going to have to pay. And that's more than 11 teams current payroll. Steve Cohen made a promise. He's kept that promise and it's good for baseball. How do you think it works when he walks into the next owner's meetings? Is he going to be the least popular guy in that room far and away? I th- well, Honestly, he's got some buddies. I mean, the, the dude that owns the Padres doesn't give a shit either. And, yeah, Peter and, Middleton, and Middleton and Philly doesn't give a shit either. Okay. Like, this is, this is the new crew. I think they might be the most popular kids and everyone's like, dang, like what, what are they doing over there? What, tell us your secrets. No, you know what they're doing? They're embarrassing the other owners. And I love it. I love it. Like, how could you not root for what he is doing? Right. If you're, I wonder how the Yankees fans look at Stevie Cohen. Wait, we forgot the Rangers owner too. Hey, shout out to you, bro. Like you're also doing it. Yeah. He's, he's balling too. Okay. How do seriously, how do you think Yankee fans look at Stevie Cohen? With envy. Mm. Right. Do you think they were ever envious of the Wilpons? No, 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 no. And, and look, Hal brought back Judge, and they opened up for it. So, like, you got to give him some credit, too. Like, I I like what's happening right now in free agency. It's hilarious uh, because <laughs> Major League Baseball wants to make it seem like they've got no money. They're like, we, we don't have anything. And then look at what we've done. Look at what has been spent in the offseason. Look at the number of contracts that are at least eight years for guys who are already in their 30s. It's incredible. It's incredible. So the next time you hear your team say, we got nothing. We we looked in our in our little piggy bank. We don't have anything. You got plenty. You got plenty. And man, the Mets are so fortunate that one of the 50 richest people bought their team. I mean, the dude is worth $17.5 billion, $17.5 billion. And he could have been like some other owners who's, who are very wealthy outside of the sport and said, I'm only going to spend what we bring in. He's like, fuck that. He put an ultimatum on himself the day he bought the team. He said, if we don't win a World Series within five years, then I have failed. And he is doing everything he can. Now, he said from day one, he wanted to be very much like the Dodgers. He hasn't exactly followed that blueprint because what have the Dodgers done as well as any team? Developed. They've developed on the farm. And they've relied He's only on been there a couple guys. of years, though. I mean, he'd give them some time. I know, but it doesn't. But you know that their their team doesn't feel like it's got a good farm system. No, and I don't I don't feel like he's a patient guy either. So like, yeah, no, are they developing, not. you know, are they developing now? Yes, and hopefully they'll bear some fruit 
years down the road. But in the meantime, when you put that you know time limit on yourself, the only way to go out and do it is via free agency. Obviously, it's the trade market, but free agency, bam. He's you know how some of these owners, not a lot of them, but some have like a, a meet and greet with the fans like once a year. You know, you're allowed to ask questions and all sorts of stuff. Do you have, would you have the balls to ask your owner, hey, why does Steve Cohen just bl- keep blowing past that tax and we, our payroll's not even $110 million? Would I ask that? I don't know. Maybe. And the owner might say, well, he's got way more money than we do. Like we got money, but this guy's got like unlimited right okay. like it's like look look i i want the other owners to you know not cry poor like that's not that shouldn't happen but steve cohen does have like four or five times the amount that these other owners have right am i wrong on that oh yeah i mean <laughs> yes not all owners just because you're the owner of a baseball team doesn't mean that you have 17 and a half bill if he wasn't doing something like this, I think the conversation would be like drastic. Like what, what's let's go, dude. Like let's, let's do this. Yeah. But you know what? Does this mean so now far. that he can, you know, cause there's been a couple of times that he has gone off on social media and said things. Does this give him a little more latitude? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I kind of expect him to start being more in the limelight when, if this team has another 101 win season like i for some reason i that's kind of what i envision for him like not like a jerry jones like he's in everything type of uh, situation but if you buy a team you like you want people to know you own the team you know it's interesting because i was thinking about this the other day that's so many nfl like when the patriots play you always see a shot of bob Kraft. when jerry jones when the cowboys are on you always see a shot of jerry jones uh you know you'll see Jeffrey Lurie of the Eagles. Uh, you'll see a bunch of owners. You know, you always see Mark Davis of the Raiders. You never see baseball owners. They never take a shot of baseball owners. <laughs> uh, games. We, they, they don't go to all the games. That's why. No, I know. But do you think that, like, we're going to see Stevie Cohen every game? Now we're going to see a shot of him every game. What do we know about New York? New York is, you know, a very social city and these circles that these guys run in, like it's, there's not too much that you can have that the other guy can't have. Steve Cohen has a baseball team and there's only 30 of those available, right? And if you can be the guy that buys the Mets who like, if you just say the word Mets, like there's like this association with like messing up a little bit, right? If he Mm. buys the Mets, and makes them king of New York. He is the king of New York. And that's clearly his goal. All right, let's move on. Aaron Gleeman, who covers the Twins for the Athletics, says that Minnesota has made, quote, a substantial offer to Carlos Correa. The longer the process goes here, um, does that help Correa's return to Minnesota or does it hurt it? I don't really know how to answer that question. Shout out Aaron Gleeman, though. I've done his winter show um, in Minnesota before, so we're good friends. Um, I I don't know. I know that they are definitely in on him. Like he said, they have made a a big offer. Rocco Baldelli has recently gone to dinner with him, which I think is is really good for the Twins because Rocco is a personal guy and knows kind of what to say. I think Rocco can be a very good salesman. And we do know that Carlos really loved playing in Minnesota. I don't know about like the length as if it keeps going on and on. I think it probably hurts 
the twins. Um, but as a player, I know you want to, you want to get somewhere. You want to know where you're going to go. You start to get antsy. Now I know, is he with Boris, right? He is. Yeah. Bor- yeah. Well, Boris somehow gets these guys to wait. Like he, I, he has a way to convince people to wait, to wait, to wait till we get the offer that we want. I don't know if the twins are going to be in the pool late, late, late. I think the, if they can go and get him now while things are stagnant, I think that's their best chance because there's a lot of big suitors out there. And this will be like the biggest contract by far in twins history. Um, so I guess answering your question, I, I think the longer it goes, the less likely the twins are to land him. Uh, but they definitely are in the running right now. Yeah, I... I... I don't think that there's a problem with waiting for Minnesota, to be honest with you, because I look at the other possible suitors. You know, Michael Kay came out yesterday and said, Yanks aren't in. They like their young shortstops too much. I'm not buying the Cubs at all. I don't believe a word that comes out of ownership's mouth there. The Giants, I would believe, would be Mm -hmm. in it. Although I don't think it's a perfect place for him. Um, So where else is there? Right. I mean, Seattle already has a pair of middle infielders. They could always trade a, you know, Crawford if they needed to, but I don't see that as a as a landing spot for him. Texas has already got two guys there in the middle infield. And could they convince him to play third? I I suppose. Maybe that's a spot. Maybe all of a sudden we're paying a billion dollars to our infield. I don't know. Um but other than that, I, I don't see a whole lot of places that make sense. I know. I mean, I, I would say Boston, but they didn't make a big enough offer for Xander. I don't know if they feel like so much better about Carlos that they'd, they'd go where he's probably going to get. So there's one there, I guess. I think the Giants are still very much in play. I guess the Dodgers are out. Like People are like really mad at us that we said Dodgers fans shouldn't care and probably don't care. They were like, yes, we care. We don't want Carlos Correa. That's very interesting to me. I, I, I wasn't. I didn't think we were well, I would get think that, that that's some some Dodger fans. It's uh, we're not saying that you don't care. You you're allowed to feel whatever you way you want. It's very different with the idea of signing a guy and then figuring out you have to root for him. Like at the end of the day, what are you going to boo him if he signs a three hundred million dollar deal and brings a platinum glove and a, a clutch bat? You're really going to sit br- here and boo Carlos yeah. Correa because you're still upset? That's it. It would take some time. It would take some time. Yeah. If you started doing stuff like that, then yeah, they'd get over it. Are the Braves a suitor here? Doesn't feel like it. I think if it gets down to it and a lot of teams see they have a chance to go get Carlos Correa, I think they'd jump at that chance. You know, it has to make sense for them financially and within their organization and, you know, kind of what they have. But I mean, this is a guy that's, it's one of the best players in baseball, and you can go get him right now. You just have to pony up the cash. Okay, give me uh, give me a destination. Where's he? Where's he landing? Back to my twins. I, I they really really want him. They're pushing for him, and they just got to convince him that like they have a blueprint to win. That's, I don't see them going to. with three three hundred million, and I think that I think the Xander number pushed him over three if he wasn't there already. I do think San Francisco, I think out of desperation that they end up going with him because I don't think they're ready to have him. But we'll see. You know, they've said for years, we're going to spend, spend, spend. 
and the things they've done so far, Haniger and Manaya, and that's obviously not enough to even get close to Dodgers or Padres in that division. All right, last thing. Uh, Blitzball battle continues. Uh, we do have one of our finalists as Lovia's took care of Shea Station, but we definitely had the moment of this season happen in the first round of the playoffs in a nil-nil game. I'm in my World Cup mode as, yes, the one and only Jolly Olive stepping in against the boss man, John Boy. There you have it, Jolly Olive with the walk-off shot. Uh, Where does that rank all-time among the legendary homers? In Blitzball history, that's the biggest home run of all time. And you and I were in the booth together with Peter Moylan, and we we had seen Jolly and and kind of the failure that he's had uh, at the plate. Blitzball won, no hits. Up until this time in Blitzball 2, no hits. And we kept saying, bro, get the hands up a little bit. Stop having them so low. He picked them up right there, a little adjustment, and walked it off. And you saw the raw emotion. All of that is real. None of that is fake. Like, we lost it in there. Mm-hmm. And I think it resonates, man. It, that's That was amazing. Well, I'll take it a step further. I'll put it right up there with Kirk Gibson, <laughs> Kirby Puckett, probably Carlton Fisk. I mean, I'm just saying. The probability of that home run was probably on par with the rest of those. (laughs) Maybe even unreal, uh, less probability. And we were all so happy for that kid because it wasn't easy. He was, he really, he thought about not participating based on the social media vitriol that he received in the inaugural Blitzball battle. But he will have that memory forever. And um, good for he and... um, God, I'm so happy for Jolly. Yeah, That was cool. A uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out. It is a special one that we did at the winter meetings. We got Terry Francona of the Guardians. We've got Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, who was really, really good and funny. Uh, and we got Jerry DePoto of the Mariners. And I think there was a totally different side to him as well. So we packaged all three of those like 15-minute interviews together to have one. We'll be releasing a National League one uh, later in the week as well. So make sure you check that out. And then, of course, Ploofy's got his talking baseball, which they're doing, what, three times a week? Mon- Monday and Wednesdays. Uh, as of Monday and Wednesday, too. Okay, speaking of doing a show twice a week, we'll do that as well. We are back on Thursday. So for our one-of-a-kind producer, the always entertaining Dan Rourke and Trevor Ploof, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on Baseball Today.